Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Welcome back to Dum Dums and Dragons, where improvisers who've never role-played before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Grand Wizard Bukaki, your host. It's the night before the Thiefy Awards show, and our heroes finally have a proper heist plan. But will Alan successfully be able to track the Soul Stones? If everything goes as planned, will the Thiefy end up going to Bryn or Quinny? Will Bobbert even be able to seduce Merle Streep, or will the whole plan be over before it starts? Find out next on Dumb Dumbs and Dragons. So the evening is nearing its end. There's currently only one task left before the Day of the Thiefies. It's fucking Merle time. Before we head off, I want to pull Quinny aside and just let him know about the information about the soul and Alan's use of magic and say, listen, Quinny, I know Alan means a lot to you. I just want you to keep a close eye on her because she's been using magic without realizing that doing magic takes a part of your soul or can. So just be careful and watch her. Does she know that now? She does. Well, I trust Alan. If she knows it, she'll be careful. She might not be able to help herself. When they come back out, I take Quinny aside into my room that's separate. Quinny. Jesus, what? I'm trying to be your friend right now. And you're okay, sounding real okay. grumpy. I'm sorry. Just a lot of people chewing on my ear. What's up? I need you to check the door to make sure nobody's listening because I am notoriously bad at this. I open the door. Burn, you want to roll me a stealth check? God damn. That's a one. <laughs> I'm not listening. She's leaning against the door and falls into the room. I open the door into Bryn. Get out uh, of as here. As she falls in, the glass she was using to hear shatters. And Larry, who was holding a smaller glass, also leans in and his shatters. And he looks at her and he's like, I actually don't know what to do in this situation. I've never broken one of these of my own accord. Clean it up, Larry. That's a good call, Mr. Quinney. I call Alan over and I'm like, Alan, can you take Bryn into a room, like the furthest room from us, and make sure she stays in there? Fine. Thank you. Sisters. <laughs> Larry sweeps up the glass and leaves. And they're in the other room. So I, I've got Quinny in my now secure fucking room. Thank God. I'm like, Quinny. What? Right now, Bryn gets the thiefy. Mm-hmm. Do you need the award or do you need the trophy to get your goals? Honestly, I need the recognition. So I'm going to try and figure that out myself. All I wanted <laughs> to say is we've got our plan. And it's super clear. And if you tell me what your plan is, I'm definitely going to fuck that up. So let's just agree that we're all on the team. And all I'm saying is, theoretically, if you make a move that's for you and you give me the signal, 
I'll back you as long as it doesn't get her killed. We can't do that. But I need you to be clear with me on what the signal is. I'm going to let you choose. No, 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 because if I choose and you don't pick it up, I'm fucked. Well, let's be honest. The chances of me not picking it up are pretty much even across the board. So why don't you pick it? I mean, we get like the dog's purpose thing down every time. There's precedence here where, yeah. we, where we can do this. So you pick a signal that you know I'll notice. A signal that I know you'll notice. Jeez. Quinny like kind of smiles and says, moon hammer be praised. I punch Quinny in the stomach. <laughs> can you roll me a d4, please, and add your strength? Four damage. So Quinny's like, all right, we'll decide on the date. Thank you. Let's not try that again, mainly for your sake. Also, Quinny, I need you to help me fix or make a harness. <laughs> yeah, that's no problem. With your knowledge of making dog papooses and... Oh, I make a great Bjorn. So we go back outside and then we can start making stuff. Alan, I need to talk to you for a minute. And I just take Alan into my room and I'm mm -hmm. like, listen, I just felt like you were being excluded. And I just want you to know that you're like really a special friend to me. Well, back at you. Cool. Also, thanks for letting me learn how to do it in your we brain. It was an experience we don't have to have again. In person next time. Uh, and then we just go out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. And then Larry's like, Goblin Jr., I need to take you aside for a moment. <laughs> Larry and Goblin Jr. go into one of the side rooms. You know, we haven't got to spend much time together, but I think you're a very good boy. And he pats Goblin Jr. on the head. Goblin Jr.'s like, snarf, snarf. And then they come back out. I'm ready to go bone a lady. Question about the plan. Hey, um, which scrying pool is Bryn going to? Sorry, I got confused. Security about scrying pools. The security one. I think to clarify for you, there's three rooms. There's the one yeah. that makes locations, there's casino security, and there's guild security. And casino and guild security are separate rooms. Right. You were in guild security. I was security. in guild security. Yep. If what you're thinking is that you might want to take that out tomorrow night, that might be a very reasonable addition to our plan. Yeah, no, that's what I was thinking. I just wanted to make sure I understood. So we'll make that the official Alan part of that plan. I'm taking out the... Guild security, whatever that pool was. I didn't like it. <laughs> it's like, gotta go. I like threatening Alan. Did anyone else have any last minute additions or are we good to go on? Let's go steal a painting. Okay. Merle has been preparing for the night after the awards. You know, it's the day before the awards right now. So she's picked out her outfit. She's decided to go to bed early. Things are pretty okay. But then suddenly there's a knock on her elevator and the door opens. Knock, knock. And who should she see but her warrior love? It is I, the Forsaken. Oh, and she's clearly in her pajamas. She's not made up at all. She's just like clearly someone who was asleep and comfortable. She's like, wait, what? Why are you here? I like your pajamas. <laughs> Thank you. Look, I've, I, I've got a big day tomorrow. Don't we all? But I know you wanted something tomorrow night. Yes, tomorrow and night. And perhaps you'd like an advance showing. Uh, and roll I, me a check. Listen, if you need me to. I, I, I do. I, I think I'm sexy. <laughs> <laughs> She's really tired and she has to win an award tomorrow. This is terrible timing. Nat 20. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, rips As the sexiness is happening, yeah. I try to slip by. Yeah, so yeah, roll me a stealth check, please. I'm pretty hot, though. Doesn't that give like advantage? That was <laughs> yeah, mad. sure. I'll give you advantage because it's not any better. So just to be clear, I want to paint That's a 15. picture of what I'm doing. As she starts to wake up and I see she's getting into it, I start removing pieces of my armor and letting them fall. What oh, song do we have? This one is definitely Rod Stewart. If you want my body and you think I'm sexy. Come yeah. on, sugar, let me yeah, know. Right. Yeah, I don't know the name of that song, but that's the song. So it's like very <laughs> Turks. Obviously. It's very yeah. 80s and sort of synth. And as the pieces of the armor come off and hit the floor, it's a little bit flirty. 
but still sort of hot. And that it's got a sense of humor about it, but there's also an underlying sense of me wanting to kill myself and all of the world to share my pain. Magic Bobber. Yeah. XXL. So as the armor starts to come <laughs> off, it's revealed that underneath we had to do like expansive work on the fuck harness that we took off of Kalos. But everything I owned was like black leather and spikes. So it's like a hardcore muscle daddy outfit <laughs> just underneath. This is the point where we realize that I still don't understand what sex is because I just think it's the dancing Quinny did. So I'm doing like a full Jamie Lee Curtis in True Lies level <laughs> strip dance. I am like cut as shit. I look amazing. Like it is 8% body fat. I'm still 240. Everything you want in a man. Uh, and I'm you, so lean. As soon as that mug broke, you just, your beer gut went away. Well, it's just, he's like the reverse of a typical hero's journey where they go from like schlubby and like beard when they hate themselves. It's like for him, his natural state is incredibly attractive and he hates it. So he ruins himself whenever he's doing good. So he's just like dancing away and it's amazing. The dance is so good. You know what? I would fault you so hard hard for everything you just described <laughs> but god damn it you rolled a 20 <laughs> <laughs> so Moral's like I love a confused sense of sexuality and then she starts dancing and trying to like keep step She's real bad at it, <laughs> but it's okay because it's not a true seduction. <laughs> For me, I think she's crushing it. So I start to make my moves more awkward to match hers, but we end up finding each other's rhythm. So now it's the two of us doing what anyone else would think is essentially a 1980s Rod Stewart dance-off. I've also started whistling the song so we can really sync up. Bryn, what did you roll Ooh. on your stealth check? 15. You've snuck in and out of a lot of things before. You've also had to like seduce people in, in your line of work. This is unlike anything you've ever seen. My face is still blurred. It looks like a nightmare. <laughs> I'm also sneaking in the painter. Yes, you're sneaking in and in and one of her fast drives. Yes. Ironically, though, as you start to sneak in, you kind of like sneak, but the painter drops something and you just freeze for a minute. The moment that item hits the ground, I lunge forward and make out with Mar but in the style that I do at the Greywater Syndicate, which for me, it's like a handshake hello, but for her, it's the most erotic kiss she's ever had because that's how Greywaters do. <laughs> yeah, okay, she rolled a seven, so she's into that. Um, <laughs> she's also an orc, so she's like, oh, this is really nice. Britain, you and your painter literally just walk in. So you're able to take the painting off the wall. Can you tell me about the poses you're making as you're taking it off the wall? It's just a series of robotic movements, but throwing her the middle finger every once in a while because uh, I know she's not paying attention to me and I'm throwing in every shot I can. Are you getting your painter to make like a flip book? Yeah. So you've got the painting off the wall and you're looking at that dagger and you're looking at that big empty space on the wall behind the curtain. You're going to do your customary... She just carves the word Zorro. <laughs> yes, I'd like to carve the nightingale symbol in there. Roll to carve your signature in. 16. The 16 is merely to do a bunch of knife tricks with your free hand while you blind carve <laughs> your insignia into the wall. And simultaneously, as she starts cutting the wall and I could hear that sound, I start ripping my clothes and Merle's clothes with every cut so that there's like a ripping fabric <laughs> in the room to like cover the slices. And as you do so, you hear her just go, I thought you liked these pajamas. I like you even more. Oh, uh, and then just I just want to say. I keep, I keep ripping them and, and then I'm seeing her body and it's new. It's exciting. It's also scary. So to stay calm in my head, I'm just imagining it's Alan because I've seen Alan's do a lot now. So Alan is like my sexual safe zone. So I'm just, I'm learning about it. Oh my God. Can you roll me a perception check, please? Sexual that is a nat safe one. Zone. What am I picturing, DM? <laughs> <laughs> so you see Alan, you're like, okay, I can deal with this. 
see Quinny, you're like, all right, yeah, yeah I can better. deal with this. But then his mustache starts growing out of his lip, and suddenly his clothes are really loud. And he's just looking at you, and he's like, huzzah, the forsaken. Three huzzahs for me. <laughs> Bumba shoot. I know what you like. I combine my usual fall down tackle with like a vaguely erotic sense. And I do a spin, and then Bumba shoot ends up on top of me. And I'm like, oh, shiver your timbers. <laughs> I love it when you talk pirate. Oh, oh good. I've murdered so many people on the ocean. I say to her. <laughs> Bryn, can you please roll me a constitution save? Uh, seven. Again, you've done some undercover fuckery. Like, this is too much. Yeah. You start retching. It's just hit something deep inside you yeah, that you're just, just not, not right. okay it's with. It's just not right. And, uh, hearing her retching, I do what I did before, which is try to cover it by making sounds of myself. So I start dry humping up at Bumbershoot. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, Uh, Like just making sounds to cover the sound of the retching. Throw up a little into a vase nearby. (laughs) (laughs) The sketcher is just still sketching with confused look on his face. Um, Merle's like, this, no, okay, all right. Emily. And all of a sudden, Emily bursts in. You have two seconds to react. I want to throw the curtain over Emily's head and... Can you roll me an attack, please, with your dexterity? A curtain attack. Ah! No. Five. Ooh. You throw the curtain at Emily, but Emily's had so many jackets thrown on her desk <laughs> over the years that she catches it expertly. You feel like you have time for one more action. What do you do? I'm going to try and take her out at the feet. Roll and attack, please. Oh, my God. Eight. So you sweep the leg, and Emily, having walked around on airships and heels, just leaps over it. And then she looks at you. She looks at Merle. She looks at the Forsaken. Throw up a little. She looks at the Sketcher. Can I spend stress to help out here? Yes. Yeah. Quinny, who was basically hiding in like the ceiling of the elevator, hands and feet press against each wall, swings down, wraps his legs around her neck, and then just swings back into the elevator. <laughs> Emily's neck. I'll give you the action. I'm going to take your two stress and I'm going to lower your max HP by four until you have time to get healed up. Like this is oh, really okay. stressful. Like this okay. is a, an exhausting. I thought this was another like necrotizing thing. I was like, Jesus, I'm going to be a baby forever. No, you just like pull <laughs> ligaments in both legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just, it hurts. So okay. for the rest of this adventure, you're down to 40 from 44. Yeah. Okay. I'm still going to make your roll for that. So please roll me a uh... sneak attack. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Oh, there you are, Peter. Um, (laughs) My marbles. Is this uh, like an unarmed? No, I'll give you your weapon damage. You take your sheathed sword and you wrap it around her neck to pull her back in. So actually you swung down. knife boots. Your feet are like tucked in above the door and you do like a full body back swing out and just loop her in. So that's 24. Oh yeah, that'll do. Okay. And I'm going to use for the first time Frostbrand. So that's what? oh, that's yeah. his new special sword. So one d six plus one d six cold damage plus three d six surprise attack. You can just roll five d six. Yeah, I'm gonna do it all. Yeah, uh, twenty one. And what is your intent? She's gonna get a real sore throat from having the flat edge of Frostbrand put flat against her throat. So it actually like almost like freezes up her vocal cords because it has like an ice effect. So she just might go like, ah, as I just like bring her into the elevator. Okay, you, and then I fully solid snake. I, I, yeah, I, I follow up with basically like a sleeper hold. Like I remove my sword and put my arm around her instead <laughs> and just like go to sleep. It's bedtime. Brynn, you're just standing there having just awkwardly thrown 
a curtain at someone going, hey-ya, and then trying to shoot their leg, <laughs> and it failed horribly, and then suddenly that person just disappears into an elevator, and you're like, I did it. Um, and then a second later, a halfling dressed like Emily comes out and says to Merle, Yes? <laughs> and Merle's like, I appreciate Mr. Forsaken's efforts here, Emily, but uh, I believe we're done. You're looking rather well, Emily. Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> Appreciate your new non-British voice. Take him away. Right away, ma'am. Yes, I'm just trying something out. <laughs> Glad you like it. I just rolled, and it turns out I rather do. Oh! <laughs> Mickey? No, we've established her name. Is, wait, who said that? But it's too late. You already you snuck out. The painter has rushed out, and Mr. Forsaken, you're taken by Emily. I, like, scoop up my armor. Like, it's one of those awkward scenarios where I have to use, like, the cape from my harness, and I, like, scoop up my armor, and I'm ashamed that I failed at sex for the first time. As you go, she puts her hand on your cheek and says, Your butt cheek. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I was you're being dumb. Well, I mean, he's walking away. <laughs> and then she whispers in your ear, We'll always have the airship. And then she pushes you into the elevator. The elevator dings. So I'm standing holding my armor in a fuck harness. I look amazing, but terrible. And I just look down and see Emily's on the floor. Wearing my clothes. Well, that's (laughs) generous of you, but I doubt it. I feel like she's just in her underclothes. I don't want to talk about this. Now I know I'm bad at sex, but I don't know if it's me or if it was the thievery going on behind me that I'm covering. I look at Bryn and I say, you may have given me a phobia. (laughs) (laughs) Did I manage to leave behind a copy? Can it be on her pillow? If you spend some stress, sure. Yes. For two stress, then when all this was going, you managed to throw a flip book onto the bed and perhaps that's why you failed to dismantle Emily. You're just like, fuck off, Emily. Like, you tried to kick her leg and then you... That was more important. I look down at Emily on the ground. I'm so sorry, but you're definitely going to get fired for this. And I pick her up and I'm going to carry her back to our hotel room so that she's safe. Yeah, let's make the plan more complicated. I'll give you Emily for free because Quinny rolled very well. Great. I knew it wasn't going to be a problem. (laughs) Meanwhile, Alan's been sleeping soundly. The smartest of all of us. <laughs> I've just been working on the stones. Can you roll me an arcana check, please? Totes. That is 25. Were you trying to enchant Kalos' stone? or uh, No, I'm actually going to use minor conjuration for this because I can actually create like a small object that has a magical glow and it lasts for an hour. I forgot about that. That's <laughs> uh, okay. You'll have to try and pass it past whoever you're sneaking it past. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you all head to bed. Knowing I have to send those messages at the end of the night... I, I'm going to do two things simultaneously. I'm going to call Annan, and I'm going to bring her up to pass our messages to the mm-hmm. planteers so that they know what their job is tomorrow and like where to show up and what's expected. And I guarantee them their soul stones, they're, they're involved. Uh, and when Annan comes in, Emily is still unconscious. And I'm just going to introduce Annan to unconscious Emily. And I'm like, Larry will help you take her out. But she definitely was in a hostile work situation that was going to end poorly. I think she'd be a great intern. Bring her into the management company. I think she needs a job. So I, I have Larry carry Emily out to go join Anne's like management company. Larry the Goblin drags unconscious, frozen-throated Emily into the elevator on his little dustbin. Because that's yeah. the only way he knows how to get shit out of places. Yeah, but I'm like, take care of her. She really honestly was great at her job. And we really fucked her over. <laughs> <laughs> Having completed your quest to steal the portrait... You all get ready to take your final rest before uh, the big day of the thiefies. 
In her room, Merle finds a very strange flip book on her pillow. And though you're not there, she swears vengeance. Meanwhile, the rest of you are getting ready for bed. Any last things you want to say to each other before you go to bed? I think Quinny doesn't have much solo time with Goblin Jr. So I think I'm just giving like a little scratch behind the ear and stuff like that. Just kind of sit away from everyone and probably confiding in Goblin Jr. Because Goblin Jr. can't really talk to anyone. Just being like, you know, I joked around with Butthole. I'm going to call him Butthole while I talk to you. Snarf. Um, joked around about like we house having like a code word being like Moonhammer be praised. And you know how much the old Butthole would have loved it to hear me say that? Snarf. He punched me. Snarf. When that guy sets his mind to something, he is unstoppable. And Goblin Jr. looks at you while still painted as Death Wolf with the look of, you don't say. (laughs) Yeah, all right. Shut up. Snarf, snarf. In kind of a shut up way, but then like nuzzles you affectionately. All right, I'm going to bed. Snarf. And then he like pulls the sheet up over you. And then he digs under the sheet and grabs your arm and like pulls it up over the sheet and kind of like dangles your arm a little bit, reminding you of that time that you murdered all the goblins and used the fake arm. So that's kind of his thing with you. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And then he nods to you and he leaves. All right. I knock on Alan's door and when it opens, I look in and I'm like, Alan. Hello. <laughs> I just wanted you to know I'm so glad you're not Bumbershoot. And then I just walk away. <laughs> Anyone else would be confused by that, but that's <laughs> such par for the course, and it's something weird and sexual, I'm sure. So, okay. <laughs> Bryn, anything before you go to bed? I just say to them all, I haven't said it yet, but uh, thank you for helping me. I really hate Merle. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Hey, Bryn, hmm. I'm having like a cuddle party with the weirdos in my room. Do you want to come over? <laughs> and it's a very generous offer, but we have a big day tomorrow, so I'll pass, buddy. Okay. And so some of us in our piles of weirdos, some of us our thoughts of our hatred of Merle Streep, some of us wondering about Bumbershoot sexual fantasies, and some of us named Quinny all fall asleep. So the day of the thiefies has finally arrived. All of you had a gently uncertain sleep, but you awake Quinny... This is something you've always dreamed about and something you never really anticipated would happen. Thiefies are a pretty big day for you. Bobbert, I think you wake up. You've been lacking purpose for a while, but at least you've got a chance to help some friends. Bryn, you've committed minor vengeance, but today is the day of true vengeance. And Alan, what did he mean about Bumbershoot? (laughs) (laughs) So... She has problems with her dad. She's discovered a sister. She's surrounded by mages and losing her soul. And she's like, I don't like that fuck dream. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The day begins. You know that the very first part of the Thiefies is, of course, the black carpet ceremony where all the VIPs show off what they're wearing. This seems like a great chance to sneak a fake soul stone in, as well as possibly the best chance, Bryn, that you'll get. Well, almost everyone is distracted and looking elsewhere because in theory, if everyone's attention is on the black carpet, likely security will be low because they're just looking at one thing. So the way this is going to work is I'm basically going to walk you through the phases of what's happening during the Thiefies, and then we're going to roll to see what happens during your various plans. You've made your plan. Your plan is now in place. Those of you who still have stress remaining can spend it to try and alter things that you may have Mm -hmm. forgotten. Otherwise, we're just burning ahead. I will warn you, this will feel a bit more narrative than what we've been doing traditionally, but that's how a great heist comes together. Mm -hmm. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, the Thiefies. You currently have a naked portrait of Lord Neverember that you know he wants, that you want to try and sell to Riker in order to make the Forsaken the person who reads the envelope and announces the Thiefie. Who are you going to send to try and convince him to make the Forsaken the announcer? I think the most logical person would be Alan. You're the most in his favor right now. He doesn't know who I am or care. 
He's kind of angry at me right now. I am the Forsaken. No one wants to talk to me. <laughs> snarf, snarf. Translates to, honestly, I'm a great negotiator. No one ever trusts me. No, I agree. It falls to me. I will do my best. So, Alan, you take this giant painting in hand. It's rather awkward. It's awkward to walk with. I cover it with a sheet. I'm not going to walk around with this. Yeah, now's just, the time for modesty. Yeah. <laughs> I, I pull Bobber aside and just say, listen, no matter what, I need you to read the name that is on that envelope. When you get it, you need to read that name. You have to promise me. But what if it says, like, Merle Streep? Just promise me you'll read the name. I promise I will read the name unless it's Merle Streep. Okay. I hope it's me. (laughs) Let's go through the order of your plan, then. Alan has stayed up most of the night enchanting uh, a false stone, which he gives to Quinny. Quinny, which tubes are you going to try and throw these down? You go into the lobby, or are you going to the airship lobby? Airship. You head up with the false soul stone in hand. As a professional thief who's dreamed of this your whole life, how weird is it for you to be away from the main action right now? It sucks, but I recognize that as a thief, I didn't come up with the plan, right? So it's on me to carry out my role. I know that's important when pulling heists and stuff like that. And like, it's a little unbecoming of the greatest thief that ever lived. You know, I'm about to be part of the heist that stole thieves, but I'm starting to think about like, okay, what's the next big score? Because Quiddy Brown Barrow isn't the name on like everybody's lips yet. I got to think of something bigger that I can do for me. Elevators ding. They open. It's mid-morning at this point. You know, it's kind of a a beautiful vista to look over. You can see the desert in the distance, airships floating. Mm -hmm. To your left and your right, you see two different booths where you can drop off the stone. Can you roll me a perception check, please? 23. The staff on the left look less attentive, but there are more of them. The staff on the right look very attentive, but there's only one or two. I'm going to go with the large group of unattentive staff. Great. We cut to Bryn. Bryn, unlike Quinny ascending up into sort of a beautiful night sky, you're descending back down to the security level. With you are Larry and Annan. Annan at this point no longer works for the Mirage, but is offered to help as best she can. And Larry, being a small, nimble fellow, is going to do the best that he can. The elevator dings, and it opens up into much the same area. I'm going to let you roll a stealth check with advantage, because you know exactly what you're coming into this time. Not 20. The doors ding, and we just see your feet. And then Larry comes around the side with a bag full of glasses, and he just whips those motherfuckers into the room. And they all shatter against a wall, and he's like, oh, no! (laughs) Let me get that for Mm -hmm. you. And security's like, god damn it, Larry. All you Larrys are the same. It's not our fault. We're just doing our best. We're just doing what Larrys do. And he starts mopping up the Larry from that floor. is like, oh, man making us all look bad. And they're all like yelling at him and he's making like inflammatory comments about the state of security. They get into an argument and literally security just could not give less of a shit about you. You now have free reign of the floor. What do you do? I do a couple uh, stealth rolls and cartwheels around the entire (laughs) rim of the pool. And then with a little panache, gently drop the bag into the pool. As you do, Larry just looks over his shoulder and winks at you. And then he turns back to the other layer and he's like, it's the nightingale. <laughs> and they both go, Ooh. and then just as the thing hits the pool, because you rolled a 20, I'm going to give you one more action you can do on this floor. Is there any way to disable the security spiders for a small amount of time to help out my fellow thievers? Yeah. Could you roll me a sleight of hand check? Oh, Back to 14 rolls. <laughs> uh, 14's all right. So you see that all the scrying pools are showing what the spiders are showing, but very quickly your eyes trace almost like nerves when you realize that the only way to control these eyes is through some sort of organic means. Mm. 
and you're able to trace a few of them, not all of them, but a few of them to central nerve piles. Right. Quickly popping out a small dagger, you just sever a bunch of them and you immediately see a bunch of the scrying pools start to flicker and cut out. Nice. Throughout the hotel, suddenly spiders start falling off the wall or their eyes explode. And then you can see the scrying pool that you drop the seeds into start to boil. So we're going to get the hell out of here. In like classic Ocean's Eleven style, like you get in the elevator and you kind of nod and Annan has been sketching the whole thing. She's like, I'm going <laughs> to sell remember. so much of this. We gave Annan the full adaptation rights for the novelization of this. Uh, <laughs> and she secretly in the contract snuck in the rights to the traveling play. Bryn, you're like back in there gesturing for everyone. And Larry does that classic Ocean's Eleven thing where he's like, well, guess all the glass is clear here. No, it's clearly not finished, but he just dumps what he's got left and just struts back in. And he takes his jacket off a hook in the elevator and throws it over his shoulder. Later, boys. And then the elevator closes. <laughs> Cut to Bobbert. So I'm doing the black carpet thing. I'm in my full black armor. I've had it polished. It looks sick. Death Wolf is with me in full armor. I've also got a lot of black silk streamers that are tied off and like decorative. I have a cape. I have all this fabric. And in the style of Conor McGregor going into a UFC fight, every streamer I'm wearing has has stitched into the fabric. It just says, fuck Reginald, just over and over and over again. And on the, uh, my cape at the back just says, Reginald can't get hard. And I'm trying to talk to as many of the wizard journalists who are there with scrying stuff they've set up to go back to their lands. And every time I'm just bad-mouthing Reginald and saying how I'll kill him the first chance I get. As you walk past certain parts of the crowd, you just hear people chanting like, Wake us up inside. Wake <laughs> us up inside. Also, and I've been trying to find this reference for a while and it just came to me. Larry is voiced by Bernie Mac. Let's continue. <laughs> <laughs> You notice Goldtooth, who's just giving you two thumbs up. And as you walk by, he slips you his icon. Let my three-leaf clover bring you luck. And I say, thanks, buddy. And I don't attach it to the outside of my armor, but I reach up and attach it to the inside of my breastplate. So it's in there. And then I look at him and I say, may this bring you luck, young boy. And then I kiss him on the forehead because I said young boy and we're not crossing that line on this <laughs> show. I was going to say, he's missing so many teeth from getting mugged by both Quinny and not Pete. You don't want to yeah. kiss that mouth. And I say, may you feel the pain that I do. And then I just walk away down the black carpet. Ah, oh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Yeah. You know you need protein to fuel results, but it's not easy when you're drinking the same bland chalky shake every day. Stop punishing yourself and get to GNC for the best protein in the game, including all the hottest brands and crave-worthy flavors that'll keep you coming back for more. We're talking protein that legit tastes like cookies, your favorite cereals, indulgent desserts, and more. So bust out of your protein rut and actually look forward to those shakes with unbeatable protein at unbeatable prices. Fuel your fitness with protein at GNC. Yeah. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. 
That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at microsoft.com slash AI for all. Thanks for supporting the Fable and Folly Network. Here's another show we know you'll love. I got this really strange email last night. I need to see what's going on with this mystery file. Hey, it's a map of a town called Ocean Bay. Someone sent these images to you for a reason. I'm so lost right now. When was the last time you chose a direction and followed it? I'm going to Ocean Bay. We don't get many tourists this time of year. Ocean Bay is a friendly town, but we're not that friendly. I never sent you an email. I don't even know you. And why exactly are you here? The map is the reason we're here. Maps help when you're lost. Do you know what a trap street is? Trap streets aren't real. They don't exist. Don't trust anyone unless they give you a reason to trust them. I, I think he's dead. How could so much damage happen to a human body in such a short period of time? What the hell is going on here? From the creators of Strange Air, this is Trap Street. So maps can have secrets. Yes, maps can have secrets. Follow and hear new episodes of Trap Street anywhere you listen to podcasts. So, Alan, the uh, elevator dings and you enter Avalon Riker's chambers just in time to see him holding his hand out and a trophy materializes into it. As you come in, he kind of smiles and puts it behind his back. I look like Larry, just in acknowledgement of what happened yesterday. And then I morph back into myself and say, hey, dad. And Chaz, who is also in the room, is like, the fuck? (laughs) Oh, like father, like daughter, I guess. On his way out, he's like, again, I am so sorry about what happened at Shag Nasty's. Not a problem. Oh, thank God. And he uh, gets in the (laughs) elevator and goes. Riker turns to you and says, ah, so, Alan, I understand from Milos that you had an interesting conversation with them. Have you given any more thought to our offer? I've been giving it a lot of thought, and I haven't quite made up my mind yet, Dad. Well, offers don't last forever, Alan. I have a very busy day ahead, hosting the Thiefies and all. About that. And I unveil the painting. Good God, madam, why? Why? <laughs> Lord, never ever, why? I know, but I know what your business is, and I know that you sometimes need an advantage over certain influential people. And I thought that I'm this listening. might do you some good in the future with Lord Neverember. You know, Alan, I always knew that you'd be better than Bryn. And here we are. Thank you. I'll take that. <laughs> I appreciate all this, but again, I must be on my way. One more thing. This is the third one more thing, but go on. I realize it's a tradition for yourself to hand out the thiefy. However, given the popularity of my friend, the Forsaken. (laughs) (laughs) I love every time anyone has to say that. Might I suggest that as an acknowledgement of the grandeur of the events, that the Forsaken perhaps 
present the Thiefy Award this year. You know, Alan, that's not a bad idea. Oh, me a persuasion check, please. 17. You know, that sounds very good. Tell you what, agree to join the Wanderers and your friend, the Forsaken, can deliver the Thiefy. Alan, I must say, I, we did lose sight of you and your friends for some time. Tell me, where do you plan to go next? What do you plan to do? Truth be told, I don't know. So join us. Let us help you see the world. I agree. Excellent. And he walks over and reaches out, you know, in fantasy movies where you don't shake hands, you like clasp arms. Mm -hmm. Welcome to the Wanderers. And I grasp his arm. As you do so, you feel like a blinding pain on your forearm. Jesus Christ. And a tattoo of the logo of the Wanderers appears there. And he says, so glad you've chosen to join us. And please tell your friend, the Forsaken, not to fuck this up. I can't afford another moonlight. And he gets into the elevator (laughs) and disappears. Jesus Christ, I was not expecting that weird branding to happen. Cut to Quinny. You approach the table. Mm-hmm. Seems busy. Everyone dealing with a lot of paperwork. There's like a lot of hotel yep. keys. They also know that similar to the end of trivia at a bar, everyone's going to want to fucking leave the minute they don't win a thiefy. Mm-hmm. So they seem to be just in a tizzy trying to fix all that. Okay. I'm going to attempt to approach the counter completely unnoticed. All right. Roll me the world's best stealth check. 16. Good news is they are very busy and they rolled very badly. Great. So you're okay. Oof. So you sneak up to the table. What do you do? Okay. Got my hands on my hips. My foot is tapping and I start by saying, hello. Hello. Excuse me. Can you roll me an intimidation check? Jesus, that's a 21. <laughs> <laughs> this halfling's going to murder us. <laughs> so one of them just reaches over and starts tugging on the other one's sleeve and they both look at you. Oh shit. It's the guy from Shag Nasty's. Guys, he's really important, and he gets really mad. Hello, sir. Hi. How can we help you? Yeah, I left, got my soul stone, no problem. Now I came back in, (coughs) blew into this thing like I know I'm supposed to, and no one's taken it from me yet. I'm going to miss the thiefies if you don't take this. The blood drains from their faces. They rolled an eight, so they are buying this (laughs) hard. You watch one of them grab another one, slam his head in the table, and just punch him in the back of the head and be like, you idiot! We have to take the soul stones! And he's like, I know, I know! I'm just standing here waiting, come Look, on. Look, sir, I'm so sorry. We would happily take a part of your soul. And you know what? Here's a coupon for 10% off the brunch buffet. I take the coupon. <laughs> the guy who got punched is like, they always take the coupon. So they take the soul stone from you, and they kind of look you up and down. Quinny, which slot do you want them to throw it into? The one that our soul stones are in. So I'm assuming the way we looked when we arrived, the one with the bodyguards and all that so stuff. I think it's Every one of us yeah. is a murderer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's my guess. Can you roll me an intimidation check, please? Yeah. 18. So they go to throw it in like, he's a servant. And then you just take Frostbrand out and put it on the desk and the desk just starts icing over. Mm. Oh, so they throw it into slot two. That's better. Thank you, sir. See that it doesn't happen again. We will. For realsies. And then I take the elevator down. Alan, you're standing alone in your father's study, and all of a sudden, in your brain, because it's a heist, you see like a 3D map turning around, and you can watch a dot moving, mm-hmm. and you can feel the enchanted soul stone moving through the building. Right. But then all of a sudden, it's like there's a huge blast of static, and you lose it. Can you oh, roll me an arcana check? Fuck. Try and keep hold of it. 16. It blinks back in, but it's literally, if, if you're watching a monitor, it's like the monitor's fuzzing out. And you get the sense that it's phasing somewhere else. Okay. Do I know where? I'll let you spend a second level spell slot to roll an arcana check to figure out where it's going. Yeah, I'll take it. 16. You can feel it going, 
but as it's doing so, you can bend your brain into it. Mm -hmm. Do you want to try and follow it? Absolutely. Okay. So you basically break your brain in half and you suddenly feel yourself pop out of existence. Ah. So, uh, Bryn, um, why no, is that, it so that was hard Alan, to find these soul stones? Um, Bryn, you have arrived back on the main floor. My next task is to find those lawyers. Can you roll me a deception check? Well, it sounds weird, but bear with me. 16. You know where they should be, but you also know your dad. And you know he probably didn't put them where they should be. Right. The other thing you remember is that every time you've met these assholes, they've been really excited about all the stars. So right. they're probably currently on the black carpet. So um, I'm going to go to the black carpet and try to find them there. All right. Can you roll me a perception check when you get there, please? That is a 16. It is a mob. So you look around and it's absolute chaos. You're trying to find them, but there's just so many assholes looking to get their photo drawn with people. <laughs> um, but you lock eyes with the Forsaken who is on the black carpet. And you feel like if you could get close, he might be able to help you because he's much taller than you. Mm. Yeah, I look majestic. Hey, hey, Forsaken. How can I help you, young girl? <laughs> I just love being in your presence. Actually, I really need to find those lawyers. Oh, this is your make-a-wish? Well, I'll make this happen for you. Uh, and and I, I scoop her up and I'm like, let's tour the carpet. And I just start walking down the aisle, but I'm in spiky armor. So I'm just knocking motherfuckers over. I don't give a shit. And I'm holding her up high enough that she can sort of point directions she would like to go where she might see them. I'm just waiting to see what we can find. I'm assuming perception checks? God, yeah, perception checks would be great. Thank you. 16 again. 18 total for me. So you're looking around. Again, there's just a mob of people who are looking for attention. But then all of a sudden, you hear someone go, wait, pardon me, Mr. Forsaken, Mr. Forsaken. Ah, you look, yes. Look down and you see a gnome who looks very litigious. His hair is also blue, like previously litigious gnomes you've met. Hello, my name is Mr. Sneed, a Sneed, Snyder, and Sneed. And... I'm wondering if you are happy with your representation. I don't know if I am, but let me introduce you to my latest Make-A-Wish special guest. This is Little Brinny. <laughs> Having panicked, I have combined Brin's name with Quinny's name in the shittiest portmanteau ever. Well, hi there, oh, Little Brinny. How are you doing? I'm dying. You're dying? <laughs> Would your last wish be that Mr. Forsaken gets better representation by the likes of Sneed, Snyder, and Sneed? Not only that, she was poisoned by the chemicals coming out of a factory. Oh, no. Well, and she has no legal representation. You literally hear a swing. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't even try and hide it. He's just like, uh, Mr. Forsaken, here's my card. And he hands you like the slimy, literally slimiest card. Listen, little Bernie, yes, I sir. have some people I think you need to meet. Oh. Do you want to make the bad people pay some very good people enough money that some of them can retire with their mistress to a place far from here? Oh, gee, mister, that sounds swell. Well, I think this sounds very legal. <laughs> is she an orphan? Yes. Oh, and that's the best of news. <laughs> the Come first along. thing she needs is a legal guardian. <laughs> Come along, little orphan Brittany. So um, they go off, but I've already turned to the closest magical equivalent of a camera, and I'm going, do you know erectile dysfunction is common? For Reginald! <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, in the province of a car, Lady Antebellum turns to Archibald Tingler and says, Wait, how did this get on air? 
cut back to is, Quinny, you've just come back down from uh, upstairs and you go to the assigned meeting place with Alan. You notice that some of the spiders have fallen off and are like twitching on the floor. It's super weird. All right. Alan is nowhere to be found. She knew this was the spot. I ask anyone kind of in the area, like, have you seen a woman? And I, I, I describe Alan. Everyone's rushing to the black carpet and they're like, ah, what? No. Can you roll me a perception check, please? 21. So you're supposed to meet Alan near one of the elevator banks. And what's weird is you could swear that you hear Butthole yelling as loud as he can from downstairs. All right. I head downstairs then. So you get in the elevator. You come down to the security floor. It opens. And all you hear is Butthole or Bobbert or the Forsaken. It seems to be shifting between all three. Just screaming horrible lies about himself at anyone who will listen. Ryan, can you yell some lies for me? Do you have a specific theme you would like for these lies? Well, essentially what Quinny sees to his horror is a majestic statue of you that has appeared out of the scrying pool based on what I rolled for the beans. (laughs) That only spews lies about yourself. But like the most incriminating lies you can imagine. Is okay. it butthole or bobbert? In your heart of hearts, are you butthole or bobbert? Well, no, I mean, how is it dressed? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's all I mean. Is it in forsaken armor or is it dressed as butthole? Half in forsaken armor, half in butthole armor. It, like you, is having a crisis of faith. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> I'm absolutely sure who I am. Also, I'm a rapist. Pursuant to Megan's law, I have to let you know I fucked your wife, dickhead. I have a real emotional problem with women and men and myself and deities. Have you ever tried murder? I think it's the best thing in the world. It feels great and it gives me boners. So literally the security staff. Where is the lie? (laughs) So the security staff is just staring at this in slack-jawed horror. And one of them's like, I did not know this about the Forsaken. And then another one's like, what are you talking about? I didn't know this about Reginald. That's clearly a Reginald statue. <laughs> if I'm down here at the scrying pools, can I look around and see if Alan's on any of the feeds? She's not. Where the hell is Alan? Smash cut to where the hell is Alan? Alan, you fall through the darkness in slow motion get out style. Jesus. <laughs> and then you impact on something and it slides around. You can feel a bunch of things rolling under you. It's really mm-hmm. awkward. And then you kind of look up and you realize you're on a mountain of soul stones. Oh, gosh. In a dark void. This episode of Dum Dums and Dragons features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, our special guest, and our DM Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra. And Dum Dums and Dragons artwork is by Del Borovic, who can be found at delborovic.com. Our theme songs are, and now for that massive coronary and Skipping Through the Orchestra Pit Part 1 by Peter Gresser. And our ad music is No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar. J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. All available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B D-U-M-B D-I-C-E. And tune in next week for more Dumb Dumb Dumbs and Dragons. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. It happened in the quiet town of Podunk, an ages-old family mystery. What happened with Great Grandpa? Why won't you talk about it? Because there's nothing to say, Ninten. 
begets an unprecedented paranormal event. Oh, Poltergeists. My lamp attacked me. It was hovering the air. It unplugged itself and came at me. Mind control. Why is that crow smoking a cigarette? Okay, we're playing inside today. Zombies. I could have gotten out of here on my own. You were hiding in a coffin. It was a good disguise. Extraterrestrials. You've seen them too? I've been observing them for days. <laughs> I beat up aliens with my baseball bat. Children with psychokinetic powers. I let that little light of mine shine, Mama. And it melted the darkness away. And that's just the beginning. Introducing Mother She Wrote, a travelogue diary through the biggest cult phenomena in video game history, the Mother series, as it's called in Japan, and Earthbound, as it's called everywhere else. Each episode, we recount the story through immersive audio drama as it's lived by the characters, unpacking the surreal adventures, tear-jerking moments, and what it all means. If you're new to the series, we'll take you beyond the controller and into the story. And if you're a longtime fan, relive these tales like never before and learn fascinating new facts about your favorite games. Find Mother She Wrote on your favorite podcast player and at MotherSheWrote.Earth.